Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we talk to leaders to figure out how they connect with people, how they influence people. And on today's show, I have the privilege of having James Entra here with me, and he's an expert at communicating and getting people to push the buy button. Uh, James, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you, Mark. So oftentimes, uh, I came across this study, and you may have come across it too, where they asked drivers, are you in the top Where do you rank yourself as a driver? And people rank themselves in the top 10%. And of course, not everybody can be in the top 10%. People often suck at driving. But we have this illusion that we're better than we are. And by the way, James, that's why God created spouses to let us know when we're off track. (laughs) But the same thing is true for presentations. Yeah, the same thing is true for presentations. We have a clear idea of what we want to communicate, but oftentimes we do it so badly. So talk to me about you've worked with some of the largest brands in the world. And oftentimes, I'm sure they think they're communicating really succinctly and powerfully, and oftentimes they're not. So explain how you get them to realize that and how you get them to recraft the communication so they get the results they want. Yeah, that makes sense. I've spent my career in and out of presentations, whether it's in a big uh, conference hall or it's distributing with technology with an individual salesperson going to the client, sitting and setting up and doing a pitch to you know what's happened with COVID and having libraries of slides. But the the method the the methods that go into it are all the same and it's really important. One of the basic methodologies and I you know you can think about Hollywood with this is every presentation's a story, every slide's a scene. So when you put a slide up, what is the emotion you want the person to see? What is the knowledge you want them to get? Do you think about moving them in a certain area with slide one and then following up with power in the back end. Um, These type of structures are are critical to help moving people along. And I'll just kind of clarify something there. You said, what's the emotion you want them to see? I don't want them to see it. I want them to feel it. Yeah, I think that's better articulated. Well, for example, I'll give give an example of of something early in my career. When I was early, it was in the late 90s in New York, and we were working on laptop presentations for NBC to sell their Olympic, pre- their Olympic advertising. And we all know being involved in the Olympics is prestigious and lots of people watch it and they can do the Nielsen numbers to calculate, you know, a million eyes versus how much it's worth to, to buy the ads and sell it. But what was the difference between a big sponsor, Coca-Cola, committing $2 billion versus $1 billion? It's the emotion they felt during the presentation. It's how you connected them emotionally with the story before you gave them the, the analytics to build the, 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 the actual invoice that you're sending them. Here's the example. They started off with Muhammad Ali shaking and lighting the torch 
you can see he was a great athlete in his day, but Parkinson's had had really done damage. But the, it inspired such a so many people that after you watched a little clip of the Olympics and you watch him lighting that torch, suddenly you're moved and you're like, God, I want to be involved in this. Then all of your numbers thereafter, the person is using those numbers to build their case to sell to buy the advertising. Yeah, absolutely. But if you haven't done that, they're just looking at numbers going, okay, you've got 2,000 eyes and I'm paying $10 for a set of eyes and that's $20,000 per commercial. You know, they can do the math. Anyone can do the math. What's the difference? That's the emotional connection. Absolutely. And oftentimes uh, you craft presentations and uh, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the large brands that you've helped. But really what we're doing here with our audience is you too, dear viewer can craft right. a presentation and use the same techniques to get people to say yes more often. So mm -hmm. oftentimes you can craft a presentation, but two people can deliver it. And one person can deliver it with immense power and the other person can deliver it and not so powerful. So how do you coach people to breathe life into the presentation? Um, I find you the, the sooner you make the person, the presenter, more comfortable with the content and the words coming out of their mouth. That makes all the difference. Let me give an example. Um, don't start a presentation with three bullet points and three big words because everyone will read the words, they'll understand it. Think of what a meme is. A meme makes you think. There's some contrast. There's something about it. If you can make that first slide a meme or just a big image of something that you know what to say based on that image. When you look up at the image and it's not, you know, system service and value, it is someone smiling at the cash register and you know it's system service and value, you are personally going to deliver those words the way you're comfortable doing it. And that's the comfort level you need to do. So a simple, simple process, try to eliminate all the words off your screen on something that sets it up put an image up there, could be clip art, could search it from the web, whatever it might be, and see if you deliver the same message. If you can do that, when you do that, you get you get a more emotive response. True. And then you can go into your numbers. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, true. But uh, you can also have people that... Uh... So here's where I would disagree a little bit, James. We want people to be themselves, but frankly, some people are freaking boring. And so <laughs> there needs to be some coaching around it in terms of from my point of view, and you're the expert here, is that the image that you select certainly has to have a trigger for you so you know what you're talking about. Yes. But also that image point. has true. But I would say to add to that, that image has to be invoke emotions that strengthen what you're about to talk about. So it's not just a mm -hmm. trigger for you. What image That's do right. you select that empowers the words you're about to speak so there's a connection there and it makes it more powerful? Yeah. So here, how do you go about doing that? Um, actually being an expert in what you're doing and understanding it makes a difference. For example, if I was a plumber and I was doing a presentation to my, 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 uh, local plumbers that are also plumbers, my first slide wouldn't be, you know, uh, leaks are, are bread and butter. I would, I would put a, a, a picture of the, the bent pipe underneath it dripping, right. dripping and the noise dripping. And I'd be looking at it and I said, you hear that? That's your cash register ringing. I mean, that's genius. Then I would move into... What? That's genius. 
Well, that's, that's how you connect the two. You use something that's right. If you were, let's say, working in a, in, a, in you know, doing barn stuff and helping people manage their horses, it might be, you see that pile of hay that just fell over? That's your afternoon. It's trying so to connect it with, with the person and, and, and what you're doing with just something that feeds into it. If you're in a convenience store, it might be the ring from the person walking in and out of the front door. Cha-ching! You know, and ooh, that means you're attentive. That's the moment your business starts. When they walk out, it ends. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just ad-libbing here, but that's what I'm talking about. Taking something that's unique to your presentation and, and just trying to capture their, uh, you know, make a meme out of it. I mean, the world is built is on memes. We know that nowadays. <laughs> Definitely. But going back to that, because a lot of people that end up presenting do not have that capability. They have the capability mm -hmm. to communicate what they want to communicate. But what you just did there for us, especially the first example, like you hear that. And yeah. even though you don't have a sound effect, everyone's going to be curious to what that is. And then when you tie the two, so how do you coach people? So you create the presentation. So let's go back to uh, a client of yours. You don't, you can name names, but mm -hmm. they know what they wanted to sell but you crafted mm -hmm. a presentation that told the story well, that invoked emotions, that brought the numbers alive so they justified why they want to say yes to you. So how do you go okay. about crafting that? And how do you coach people to deliver it? Because it probably isn't one person delivering it. It's probably many people delivering the same presentation. It, it comes from finding the one unique commonality. And, and, and really the exercise is this. Rip away the words, show me a picture that, that tells me what your presentation is going to be and put it up there. Now, I'll use an example from a big corporation. I didn't craft this presentation. I delivered it and used it with technology and all this other stuff, but it was brilliant and it did very well. Um, Scripps Networks, they owned uh, the Food Network, HGTV, Fine Living, Great American Country, and um, one other, another, another network that way. And to sell five different networks is like, oh, we do this in cooking, we do this in the house, we do this on vacation. What they did is they say, what strings all this together? And they say, these are all lifestyle items. So they took a house and they put each one of them as a pillar in front of the house. And what's in your house? Well, you cook. In HGTV, you get to build your backyard in the pool. And fine living, that's where you take your vacation. And great American country, you learn your, your music and stuff. And all of those make your home. So this is the lives you live. And through your lives, we support it through our cable networks. And then every salesperson was able to cross-sell every single network because it made sense to go from Rachel Ray to uh, making a 30-minute meal to someone on HGTV teaching you how to dig your own pool in the backyard because now they're connected under your own roof. And even your vacation going away for fine living or you like wines or whatever it is, that could be under your roof and that's part of your life. But by stringing them together, putting them out there, ironically, Scripps Networks grew up to be bought by Discovery, but ironically, the senior management of Scripps are the senior management of Discovery Networks right now. Brilliant. So thank you for sharing that because that actually is a great example of, in a typical presentation would be is, Hey guys, we need to sell these five things and they're all connected. You go sell it and the salespeople can't figure it out. 
And that's a perfect that's example right. of having a house doing that. So from your point of view, right, here's a slide that shows Food Network and HGTV together. And that's just one of the slides from that pitch. And it was a way that if you notice it, it's branded under the parent company. You don't see the Food nice. Network brand. You don't see the HG, just their logo. So it builds it as a structure. Brilliant. Do you, other than create the presentations, do you do any coaching on how they deliver it? We try not to at this point. We've done that through the years. Um, a little bit of insight. I've done a lot of creative components of it at this point in our career. We're, we're much more about the structure and strategy of delivering technically the presentations on a larger scale. But um, for me, I never want to hear, I, is that blue to aqua? I swear we asked for sky blue. Right. Me personally. I'm, I'm just saying um, design is very subjective and it requires a consultative approach. And, it's, and I can sit down and do that. That's not the core of our business today, but that is, you know, a good decade of my career prior to this. <laughs> Brilliant. So why don't we, you and I together, teach our viewers, listeners how to put a simple presentation together. So I'm going to let you pick the industry. What's the industry you want to play with? Um, I, I, should we do pharmaceutical? No, no, I, I know too much about that. <laughs> so I'll um, pick you one. Pick. How about, how about, um, how about travel? All right. Let's say, uh, travel in this day and age with COVID. So we'll add a wrinkle in it. Okay. Well, so we've got the, the COVID part puts a big wet blanket on a lot of it to begin with. So you want to, A, one is travel is experiential. So you, you want to start out with making the person feel the experience they, they're about to feel to begin with, because you, it's, we go with emotions and then we go yes. with logic to back up the emotion. So let's say it was a cruise, even more challenging. Right. You're, you're going to want to start out to, to show the open air life on a boat or on a ship way out in there with maybe a video showing the activities that you haven't experienced in the past. Once you get the feeling like, gosh, I want to watch a show at night and have a drink and go to the stateroom and look at the stars over the ocean with my, with, with my loved one, and you set the stage. Then you follow in with the confidence that, hey, we are COVID friendly. This is not the, the, the shipping that you thought of 18 months ago when COVID started. We're actually on the, on the, the cutting edge of, of safety here and you know throw some statistics. Not one person's been sick since we started up, whatever it is. From that, you then remind them into the nuts and bolts of what's going on. We have 15 staterooms and 22 with a balcony. Did you know we have eight restaurants that are open full-time for buffet? If you like dancing, and then you go through the pieces. And at the end, you say, you know, this wraps up with a one-time cost that includes liquor, Wi-Fi, your room, boat, the whole nine yards, and you can be there today. And then you drop nice. it. Now, that's a way of structuring it because you created the emotion. You connected with someone. Once you connected it, you gave them the security and then you gave them the the actual evidence for them to reinforce their their sale, because don't forget someone's going to go home and say, "Hey, honey, do you want to take a cruise?" And they'll go, "Oh, isn't it scary?" They'll go, "Look at how much fun it is." Remember how this is? And he goes, "Oh, but what about this?" 
and I need to be up there. Goes well, cruises are the safest COVID place on the planet now. You might not have known that. We went to the restaurant, and five people were positive there just last year. No one's been positive on a cruise boat since two and a half years. I, I'm 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 yep. making that up. I don't know. Yep. Um, but if you notice, what I was talking about aren't bullets on a slide. Almost everything I said creates visuals in your mind. Don't when you tell a story. Here, I'm going to take a step back. Everyone's a storyteller, no matter how much you think you're not. And you were a storyteller when you were five years old and your mother came in your room and said, who made this mess? And you go, purple dragon flew in and knocked the bookcase over and didn't put away my toys. Well, you were a storyteller then and you're a storyteller now. I'm not saying you're deceptive or anything, but you created a, a visual graphic that, that the audience could grab onto to try to take them away. We might have been better at it when we were five years old than we are now. Absolutely. And uh, human beings are meaning-making machines, and the meanings we make are the stories we tell ourselves. And also, mm-hmm. at the dinner table, every night, everybody's telling a story. How was your day? You're telling the story. We're natural-born storytellers, some of us much better than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're used to that, and stories invoke images in people's heads. And they invoke emotions. Yep. And that's where and memory I, comes from. And action. Absolutely. Actually, and I, think, uh, I want to point something out. They make, they make that and they push emotion. If you go to the Latin meaning of emotion, take the E off of, of, off of emotion. It's motion. Emotions create motions. And when you talk about the movement of something, that's where the root of the word comes from. So... If you want someone to move in a direction that buys your product, that understands what you're doing, it's critical to create that emotion. Actually, if you think about every political issue out there, they always start with emotion. Always. These people are being treated poorly. These people are being killed. These people don't have rights. These people are victims. This one's that. Everything that you're told starts with emotion. And then they follow up and say, but our program is going to fix it and you need to vote for me because I'm going to fix the problem because you're so emotionally pissed off. And the other way around is these people have taken your jobs. These people are, and then they, I got a way to fix this. Absolutely. Emotions. But it's emotion. uh, That's just a different, I'm making you mad there as opposed to making you envious or making you jealous or making you greedy. We can go through the seven sins. Each one of the motions push you towards each one of them and they play on it. I mean, quite frankly, if I make you hate somebody, it doesn't matter what their process is. You already hate them. It, uh, I don't care what comes out of their mouth. I already hate them. Deal Absolutely. done. I don't, you so know, step- I'm not asking you to be intellectual. <laughs> so step one of any presentation is you need to sit down and say, what's the emotion I want them to feel at the beginning of this presentation? And what's the emotion I want them to feel at the end of the presentation? The well, beginning the, of the presentation the, the could prime them for what we're about to do. And at the end, to give them the emotion to take the action we want them to take. That's correct. And you want to fill it with the, with the support data, the, the logical information in between. Because once you've made an emotional choice, I want to go to Disney World. You hunt for, you know, the prices are actually cheaper than staying here. And you start looking at, you know, we get two rides for one if we go on Tuesday. You once you've decided, you build your case through logic and reason. Very rarely do people go to logic and reason and then end with emotion. 
Actually, it's the, it's the foundation of scientific method starts with logic and reason and tries to wipe the emotion out of it. So the, the, the human element, you're actually dealing with a deductive reason, reasoned response as opposed to a human response. And I'm not saying that's bad. I mean, you know, there's, there's no equation for love. That's a human response. That's an emotion response. Yes. Equation could be super sexy and finds me attractive would be my recipe for love. But anyway. Uh, well, that, well, well, that might, it might be. It might be the person who, who raised you through life and you just love your, your mother or grandmother or whatever it is. Oh, it, might be, yeah. it might be the place who accepted you when everyone else shunned you. And it's, it's a Boy Scout club or it's a church or it's a, a business group that accepted you when, when you were shunned by other parts of Love and emotion and connection come in ways that I think human beings can't quantify. And presentations, you kind of take a piece of that and then you, you give the logic afterwards because we all want the logic to back it up. What I'm feeling, I want to have logic to back it up. And actually, if you take it into politics, when people feel something, they look for the stories that reinforce their beliefs. And it's why all social media, they talk about engagement. What makes you engaged? Something that moves you emotionally. Something that feels like there's a victim out there and you need to save and you can help because it hurts you. You don't want people to go hungry. Therefore, showing a hungry child is going to get you to look at it, read the story, click on it. Two ads are going to come through. And then you're going to say, golly, for 30 cents a day, I could feed one child in Africa? God, I'm there, 30 cents a day. I'm just, you Absolutely. know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a straight up ad. That, I mean, we've all seen that ad. For a dollar a day, you can feed a child in Africa. I connected emotionally. I gave you a response. You have a number. I know I can do it. My coffee right now, I spend four bucks at Starbucks. <laughs> it's not even the sugar going in at this point. In any case. Absolutely. Emotion and follow it up with logic and reason is the best structure for it. Absolutely. So one of the things I like about your technology and you and your sister head up a company called Shuffler, because right now at my computer that I'm looking at right now, I have probably 25 presentations buried in different folders with some gems within those presentations that could be useful on the presentation I'm building now. And if I'm lucky enough, I seem to remember somewhere two years ago, and I'm never going to find it. Uh, so tell me what you guys do and how you solve that problem. Okay, this is a, a two-step process. We do it through what we call presentation management. It's a communication strategy. It's a technology strategy. And we use a method called structured storytelling. So you talked about having, you know, 50 presentations spread out on your, you know, download drive on your My Documents. They might be up on your Dropbox, maybe in an email, maybe on a thumb drive, wherever they might be, but they're disparate. And when you want to do another presentation, you start opening and closing and going, God, remember I did that presentation last summer and everyone clapped? Can't I get that slide back? And you spend time and effort doing that. And you're not the only one. There might be five people in your company doing the same thing. There might be 50. There might be 5,000. So what we do differently is we go from a linear presentation, slide by slide by slide, to a structured library of slides. So if you think of a table of contents for, your, for, for a book, there's who we are, what we do, how we do it, case studies. Now, when you upload a presentation to Shuffler, 
it visualizes every single slide. So you see them all. We get you to upload them, put them all in there, and you can weed through all the duplicates. You say, oh, I need a timeline slide. And you click in timeline and you see there's five different slides that you've made with a timeline. You pick the best one and you put it in the about us section because that's about your company. Maybe there's a bio slide that talks about the, the bios and you're like, I have eight bios and this one has a different picture than that one. I like this picture and this one describes my, 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 my lifestyle better. Let's pick the best one and put it, put it into the about us. And then you go, God, what we do, I have this presentation about our printing press plant in New York. It's got a video in it. It's got a nice animation. It's even got a white paper talking about it. Let's put that in our New York section about us. And what it does is it weeds out all of the duplicate slides, all the unnecessary slides, and gives a slide library for you to go to so that when you are ready to do a presentation, your slides are ready. They're weeded through. They're visually there available. You go, I need the timeline. I'll take it. I drag it to the slide tray. I need the New York plant. Here's the slide. Let's bring right. it in. I want the video Perfect. of the overview. That's great. And when you're, and then within five minutes, you're 90% of your way on your presentation. But what it does is it creates a, enter, a communication strategy using your presentations as the, the medium for communications. And it keeps everyone singing off the same sheet of music. It keeps your direction more focused. You're looking, every slide is pointing to the timeline or to the horizon. And when you take this to its logical end, where every presentation is a story and every slide is a scene, now you start having logic of how many times that slide was used in presentations, how, many how much time was spent on that slide. Do our number one clients look at that slide? Our number one salesperson doesn't use this one, but uses our, our benefit slide. Once you know that, that benefit slide, maybe it's worthy of putting an animation on it. Maybe it's worth a video. Because if it's right. used 80 times, then that's convincing people. And presentations are a method for convincing people to, to communicate. And I'm going to take a step back here is, the modern advertising industry was created because basically a guy named David Ogilvy went to the corporate world and said, give me all your advertising, marketing, and sales dollars. In turn, I'm going to look at every medium of communication and give you a strategy for TV, radio, print, billboards, and then the web thereafter. Each one of those categories, a whole industry is around it. You know, TV has an industry and so does, you know, print, you know, there's smell of ink and everything's involved in it. But if you go to TV, they realized if you go to like the Super Bowl, a 15 second ad is worth $5 million. Why? Because they found a strategy that says, get in a Hollywood actor in an exotic location with a great director and make a quirky, funny ad and you're going to sell more widgets. And now 15 seconds is worth $5 million or whatever it is. But did you notice one medium of communications that was left off that list? Which one? Presentations. Right. Presentations were created when, when a caveman wrote on the wall and, and tried to describe his, his local stuff. That was a presentation to other people. Presentations are in every house of worship built through the Middle Ages where you walk by a stained glass window and the sun is beaming through it, giving you a slide of 
the actual act. So the illiterate public could walk by these acts and learn the story of that religion by visiting the, the, the actual temple that they're in or the church or the mosque or wherever it is. And those are presentations. Every university is built around lecture halls. Every lecture hall is built around a presentation. Whether it's a person talking and orating or a person doing that with slides and a chalkboard, presentations have been around longer than all those other mediums combined, yet they've never been managed as a communications medium on a large scale. That's what Shuffler is. Brilliant. And just before we part company, a presentation is a resource that gets lost. You put time and effort in it, and it just gets lost in the files of history. And what you do is not lose that resource so people can actually use it and take Boy, all that uh, intellectual capital that was invested in making the first one still useful years later. So James, before we part company, I've got two questions for you. Question number yes, one, sir. what is a mind hack or a technique you use to be more productive, happier, more successful? What's one tip you could give our listeners? Every day is better than yesterday. That mindset is rock solid. Before we started this recording, you actually articulated that. And yeah. so you live it and you breathe it. Number two, what's a book you'd recommend that people read? Other than my own? No. Other than your own. <laughs> um, uh, there's actually... Um... <clears throat> would you recommend this one? Probably not. Oh, that's a beautiful <laughs> one. That would be... I, I want that one myself. Now, um, actually, there's a book called Play Bigger. And it, and it focuses on creating a category of a business, online SaaS, and, and what it means to identify a, uh, an online SaaS type business. Um, and I'll give a, a little example of it. It is in the online business, there's a huge difference between first place and second place. The right. company that identifies the market and, and teaches people generally gets the lion's share of the business. When competition comes in, customers go to the leader and the leader gets further and further and further away. I'll give a brief example before it goes. And this, this, this book describes this whole phenomenon. Who is number two to Amazon? No idea. Walmart, who, is number two, who is number two auction to eBay? No who idea. Who is number two to Google? Who is number two uh, to Salesforce? Who is number two minute. to Uber? You can say Lyft, but the valuation is like 100 billion to 5 yeah. billion. I'm just saying... And, and that book, Play Bigger, describes how to structure your business so that you are the, the leader in your category. Brilliant. James, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciated it and looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 